Hi, welcome to the Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am a Philadelphia-based artist, curator, and art professor, as well as artist coach. In this podcast, I cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists, like inspiration, mindset, art business relationships, and artist career strategy. You'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom. My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. Hello, Siri. How are you? Hi. Hi, Jessica. It's so good to see you in person. Yes. Well, on the on the internet anyway. On the internet person. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's good to see you too. And are you are you in your uh, fabulous chateau that I love <laughs> pictures of? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit more on the shabby side than uh, the elegant side at the moment. But but yeah, I am. I am. It's um, a 1906 house. It's um, a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun bringing it to life. That's amazing. So the house I live in is was it was built in 1905. Mm, yeah. Lovely. Does it have a lot of like craftsman details and things in it? Well, um, not really, because when I when I bought it, it um, I mean there were cats living in it. Nobody had lived in it in ten years, and like <laughs> everything was like falling apart. So um, I, I I was able to like find some cool wallpaper and stuff, but um, it basically needed a total rehab. But there are some cool. Um, architectural details throughout the house and especially on the outside Um, and you can always bring stuff back in like that's that's definitely what I did like salvage things yeah details because most people these days just don't appreciate architectural details or especially Mm -hmm. where I live in New York like they'll just go into an old beautiful house and just tear everything out and just ruin it I know I know it's true and so you can definitely yeah rebuild stuff and I love how you've done um, that with your home, I think you, you call it a name, something shabby or yeah, <laughs> Westminster shabby. Yeah. Yes, I love it. That's so great. You know, Westminster is because you know you think it's grand and shabby because you know you look too closely. I gotcha. One wonderful. Well, I'm so happy to talk to you today, Siri, about the muses and the muses escape. And um, so I came in contact with the muses because. Um, well, actually, I, I learned about you guys before you started the muses, um, mm. because I, um, I took a class with Brad Kunkel, and oh, yeah. he, um, I know that he's used several of you guys as models, mm-hmm. um, so I, I started following you guys, and I was just, like, entranced by the whole aesthetic that you already had going on, um, and I love his work so much, but, um, but then I saw that you started this thing that was like anybody could just join in. And I was like, this is this is amazing. And that was during 2020 where everyone was on lockdown. And it was so wonderful to have like a creative community of women to um, to create with and to share with and to come together with like during that series of creative projects that you did. Um, and so that was really, really powerful. I loved that. And um, I haven't been to one of your in-person events yet, but I that's definitely on my list. Um, they look so amazing. And before we get into it, I just wanted to um, real quick read something um, that 
somebody said, because people may not know what the muses is. And um, I loved this quote on your website by Kendra um, from Tennessee. And she said, resolute in finding secluded and unique locales, the muses provide immersion into a world of the past into a time of beauty enhanced by texture, handwritten letters, luxurious gowns, and photos filled with mystique. The lectures and workshops probe the depths of human psyche to reach true potential, sometimes at the stroke of midnight. If you are yearning and searching for something akin to magic, the muses escapes will not fail your desires. Mm -hmm. I have to say, uh, the woman that wrote that, Kendra, she is just, magical incredible woman um she works for the park service she's a historian in tennessee and i i love her really grown to to love her even more so she attended um the workshop we did muses in the highlands in march 2020 so it was oh my gosh i know (laughs) it was the first week of march and we had this magnificent medieval castle in the 17th century manor house and there were 18 of us and we had this wonderful private chef named Alice who cooked us these like beautiful meals and like her mother came and helped out. It was just such a warm, inviting situation, but we also had no Wi-Fi or phone service. So we were completely clueless that the world was crumbling around us basically. No way. Fully, like fully until I think it was like March 11th and I, I drove the girls into the town and it was like 45 minutes away. It's like literally the middle of nowhere. Um, and all of a sudden I have like hundreds of messages on my phone. Like, you guys got to come back. You got to come back. And I'm like, what? Why don't we're just here to pick up whiskey? Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, there, there was something about that last dinner together, um, just sitting around this beautiful table in this, this formal dining room. And we had all made flower crowns earlier early in the day. Another one of the attendees, Justine, did a flower cloud, crown class for us, just like on a whim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we all read anonymous love letters to each other. So we give somebody a name and then you'd have to write something specific about that person that you've learned over the course of the week that you admire, but you don't sign it. So all of us are opening these letters, not knowing who around this table has written this about. It was, it was so authentically emotional and, and meaningful, um, especially at that point when we knew the world was kind of falling apart. So all of us who were at that retreat, I think we even got, particularly close um yeah I could imagine yeah and then when we came back it was so kind of depressing and sad that's when we decided to do muses from afar and do the workshops that you that you joined in and Mm -hmm. get other women to teach and stuff and that was kind of the impetus for that yeah yeah and uh, yeah I'm so grateful for that and um the pictures from that particular uh Scottish Highlands um experience are just so magical they look like they're from like Brigadoon or something (laughs) did you ever watch that movie yeah 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 it just like looks like totally on otherworldly it's really amazing and I know you guys are planning some other things like your May Day um yeah yeah so we have we we did another event in October because uh we we love doing more kind of accessible more people can come because clearly the retreats are limited um, in the amount of people and we still want to build the community. So we do um, these other events. So the May Day event is going to be really fun. And we have um, the textile historian from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Elena uh, Kanaji Wu, is going to be doing a lecture on lace, which is amazing. That's her specialty. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to do a fashion show. And there are these amazing um, 
classical violinist uh, women who are going to be performing and then some kind of just silly games and stuff just so we can all have fun and enjoy each other's company and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But we all are actually now going back to the Highlands next March um, to the same location, which is really, really exciting. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm dying to go back there, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks totally magical. And um, and yeah, the May Day thing sounds really fun too. I, um, I have, I'm having an open studio that day, which is why I hesitated in, um, in signing up, but, um, but it's, it's, I'll, I'll watch it from afar. (laughs) You'll come to the next one. (laughs) I'll come to the next one. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So what inspired you to kind of start the muses in the beginning? Um, and where are you guys based out of? So for people who have no idea. So I'm based out of Brooklyn, um, and Eden, uh, is based between upstate New York and Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but generally we would, we would say that we're based out of, out of New York. Uh, okay. so the muses started because, um, so my, my big role in the muses, I would say is that I have like a really bizarre knack for finding these magical places on the weirdest, most random late night web searches like 3 a.m like depressed I'm just scrolling and I'm like oh this castle looks great like I just I can just find them and yeah uh, and so I didn't know I had that gift initially but it was I think March 2018 Mm -hmm. um or no January 2018 and I was just like it was so cold it was a horrible winter and I found this amazing palace in Italy I was like, girls, like just some girlfriends of mine who were like all amazing women. Like, do you guys just want to go? Like, should we just go? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. So we we booked it for March. Again, like the cold, windy, rainy part, I think is a big part of, I mean, we love the sun too. Don't get us wrong. Like <laughs> summer mm-hmm. vacations, but there's something about how the world is just for you. When yeah. It's rainy. You know what I mean? Because very I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's, it's very romantic actually. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we all go to this, this place in, in Italy, there was, I think seven of us. And um, actually one of our instructors for our next workshop, Lynn Paramore, who's a cultural historian, she joined us on that trip. And then we were like, wow, like we have all these amazing women in the room, all these like amazing professors and educators who are friends of ours why don't we do this on a bigger scale? Why don't we do this where we can invite other people to come in and bring in more voices and more people and like build community. Like that's what we all love. Yeah. We all love each other. We love women. So like, why not just take it from there? So um, we, we did that and um, we did a few more kind of smaller trips and then we did a Muses in Umbria at that same, um, the same place that we went before um, and in the Highlands and yeah. And it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, that's so amazing. And um, I, I particularly love how you guys are so like historically inspired. And I think that's really different because there's, there's a zillion women's groups out there who do events. But I feel that you guys have something really special and really unique because you really delve into history and like mythology and just kind of like the magic of things that make life interesting. And yeah, um, I, I just really appreciate that about you guys. And I'm gonna answer your question. I'm just gonna quickly close the door really fast because my oh cat- sure. <laughs> I love all your antiques there too. <laughs> 
sorry about that. I've got four rambunctious cats. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I grew up with cats, so I I understand. I love cats. They're my favorite pets. Oh, they're wonderful, but they're so difficult. Yeah. um, So yeah, history is very, very important. So my, I I personally come from, um, my mother is an antique dealer and an antique collector. So I grew up with history um, and the importance of historical buildings and things. So the properties we choose, for instance, we want to make sure that every element of them represents and respects the history and both like the furnishing, the walls, and that any of the rental fees go to the upkeep of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important to us. Oh, sorry, I was running. <laughs> the cat. That's okay. That's <laughs> all right. Save the cats. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also just incorporating history into, into what we do. You know, um, Eden is an amazing world builder and set creator and she always takes really interesting, unexpected historical references into her work and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it is definitely a big part of what we do. And I think authenticity mixed with a sense of play yeah. is, is a way of putting it, I guess, because we don't take ourselves seriously, <laughs> but yeah. we definitely take the art and the creativity seriously, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and I love how you incorporate all different kinds of artistry like video, um, painting, um, photography. You guys seem like you're all amazing photographers and you all photograph each other. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. And um, uh, we're all visual artists, um, but I also like to encourage people who aren't necessarily visual artists or not aren't necessarily people who are comfortable in front of the camera to kind of play with that concept and and also especially like in the photography teaches uh, classes that I teach um, for people to kind of reconsider the way you consider yourself in front of the camera because with social media and the the way that we're told to present ourselves I think a lot can get lost in translation and a lot of the sensitivity and a lot of the actual true beauty of a person can get kind of concealed if that makes yes. sense oh it totally makes sense it's like um yeah, a lot of the things that I see that are like heavily edited, um, mm-hmm. they feel really boring to me actually because you you don't actually have that sense of like life to them. I actually prefer photos that are like a little bit grainy or like you can't exactly see what's going on or um, you know there's no retouching to make someone look perfect and you get that feeling of authenticity that's like so much more interesting to me. Yeah, totally. And there's like, a, there's more of a sense of mystery and, and, a, and a sense of like actually communicating, I think, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, as opposed to just like, here's a visual image, here's a character in the story doing something like what, what are you feeling? What do you want the audience to feel? How do you want the audience to connect to that? And I think in a way, um, we're very cyclical in that where it's not just the photography, it's also the experiences that we create everything needs to kind of come together with all of these different factors together. Like you could get a beautiful building and people in pretty dresses and running around, but if you don't have the soul connection to what you're doing and what you're experiencing, uh, you know, it could just be a networking event. This episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy. The Luminary Artist Academy is a six month self-paced transformational course for contemporary realist feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. 
The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself who has been through the dark night of my own soul and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach and I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself. And I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later, is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now, six months from now, if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows, press celebrating your work, and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com. It's so funny because, um, so I, I have been, I have been, um, loving life lately because like all the restrictions have ended here in Philadelphia. And, um, so I, I went to like five events this week. Oh my God. Been, I love it. Yeah, it's been amazing. So I went to an ecstatic dance, um, event. I don't know. Have you heard of that? No, no. Oh, you might want to check it out. There's definitely them in New York, but it's basically like, um, you go there and there's like, it's like, um, like upbeat trance with like some, um, some other musicians and stuff, but every, there's like 200 people and they're all just dancing and mm-hmm. whatever way you feel is right. And you're not supposed to really touch each other. So it's like a very safe feeling space, um, mm-hmm. like a lot of self-expression and like freedom and joy. And it, it was so wonderful to just be in like a group of people like that, just like celebrating life. Um, and then I go to a networking event the next day, um, just cause I go to networking events, just like for my art and stuff. Sure, and, yeah, yeah, no, they're very valuable. I'm not in any way like saying that there isn't a place. Oh, they are, happening. they are. Yeah. But it was just like such a difference because like everyone's like in suits and like shaking each other's hands. And I was just like, wow, that was like, it was like whiplash. <laughs> but um, yeah, but but the, the thing that I um, I noticed was like, um, at the, at the, um, the dance event, there was much more of like a soul connection with like all these people. Like, so you met them and you feel like you bonded and experienced something together. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like a regular networking event, it's like, um, it's very different. And I feel like with yours, you create an experience. It's almost like, it's almost like creating this bond of like, everyone goes back in time and shares this like intimate 
exciting moment together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like your events also draw people that appreciate that kind of stuff, you know, that want that. Totally. I think there's, there's definitely a self-selecting factor, um, in what we do, uh, you know, because the irony is a lot, a lot of people slash most people find us through social media, mm-hmm. but then at the end of the day, at the actual events, it's fully cut off. Like you're very lucky to even get like a text message through in some of these locations. So mm-hmm. the idea of pulling from this kind of larger universe, you know, of, of disconnected, connected people, and then pulling some of them together into a room and finding those real connections. It's, it does feel special, um, uh, in, in, in today, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, um, so tell me about your work and like your personal work and and what you do. And I'm curious. Uh, so I am an eighth generation photographer, actually. Um, I have been photographing since I was a little girl. Um, I exhibited my work when I was very young in different places around the world. Like I kind of became disenchanted with it um, just through the business, through the gallery world and all of that. And, um, and then when social media kind of really took off because, uh, I, I, I didn't want to actually put my most personal work on that kind of, uh, disposable platform, if that makes sense for me personally. So, um, I actually opened and ran a film production company for 15 years where I, I shot, for huge, huge companies like Viacom to, you know, I worked with the Whitney Museum doing immersive theater. And so we did, we ran the gamut of like huge clients to smaller and more intimate clients, um, large to small scale immersive um, events and production. So like production for me is is second nature, which is why what I do for the muses is like, I'm like, yeah, check those spreadsheets. (laughs) Like that, the practical side is is done. But as an artist now, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun when I was doing it. I'm so glad I'm not in that world as much anymore. It was very stressful. Um, yeah. High stress, lots of lots of people you don't necessarily want to always work for. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a visual artist, so I, I still make films. I'm still a film director. I direct music videos, short films. I was actually, before the pandemic, uh, going to direct my first feature film, which was really exciting. Uh, yeah, uh, actually about women's mental health um, in the 19... 19- about ironically um at the end of the uh the pandemic of 1918 oh wow I know I would totally (laughs) watch that that sounds amazing yeah it's a really I'm very very excited to make it and I will I will one day but because of the pandemic everything of course got put on hold and actors got rebooked and stuff like that um but yeah I just believe that as an artist and I think you could probably relate to this is that everything around you can become an expression of your art, whether it's your home or whether it's the way you make your cup of tea or the way that you want to sit down and paint. And I think not putting a lot of pressure, especially now, because it's such a hard time and it's such a confusing time as creative people, we can really, I know I can at least be very, very hard on myself about like, oh, I'm not creating, therefore I am not an artist, you know? And yeah, just, oh, totally. I right? totally that. Yes. <laughs> You're like, like I'm creating, but like, it's not enough because like all these other people are creating more, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, uh, I, you know, I, you, you go run through the gamut and you can be practical and realistic about it and be like, no, I know that's just this voice in my head, but it's still really, really hard on an emotional level if you're, you know, more of a creative or empathetic person. But, um, yeah. but I think that's like, that's been my biggest learning um, lesson. Learning lesson? Yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah. my biggest lesson. 
really to treat every piece, every project that you're working on as like really precious and special. And um, just to know that like you're enough. Um, exactly. You know, just yeah. be kind to yourself and you don't even need like any kind of, you know, new agey thing around it. Just, just be kind to yourself and know that if you're not feeling creative right now, that's okay, you know? Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of messages from from girls and i think that's actually one of the most humbling things about the muses is how open people just instinctually are with us with their their personal selves mm-hmm. immediately without ever having a conversation with us and so you know a lot of a lot of girls we've been getting messages from are like i haven't made anything i don't feel connected i saw this experience this looks like something that's going to bring something to my life and i want to be part of it and that is like that means a lot to me. That it means a lot to me. It means a lot to all of us, you know. Right. Oh my goodness. And so that's so valuable that you're creating those experiences. Um, uh, I I want to say we actually have a lot in common in background because I was an event planner for two years hmm. um, for a major department store. Oh wow. And, um, Lord and Taylor. They actually they closed after the pandemic. So yeah. Um, yeah, they closed in 2020, but I was I was their event planner for um, two years, and so like planned all these major things, and like so I'm also familiar with like building events and stuff. But it was it was fun, and it was like it was invaluable experience because um, now as I'm like curating art shows and stuff like that, like I'm so familiar with how to create something like that. It and, takes the stress off, right? You when if yeah. you have that skill set, then you can just that's easy, that's taken care of because mm-hmm. you have that knowledge, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of the things that I feel like other artists are like intimidated by like, oh, you need to get insurance, you need to like um, make sure that, you know, people are booked for this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, I, you know, I've done all that. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's really, it's, it's really good. Um, and I know that you, you work with Ellen von Ulworth, right? Is that how to say her name? Yeah, uh, Ellen von Unworth. Yeah, Unworth. I've, Unworth. I've I've been modeling for her for this is going to age me. Um, <laughs> like the past fourteen years, I, I've modeled for her, um, wow. and we've worked together on 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 films and things like that. But wow, yeah, yeah. she's a big deal. <laughs> I love her, and she was she's she's just become a super super dear close friend of mine over the years. And, amazing woman just playful kind generous mm-hmm. um but I met her and I, I didn't I didn't know any anything I didn't know who anybody was like I came from a very strange background of antique dealers very cut off from the world grew up very poor um and I got invited to Paris to a friend whose mother modeled for Guy Bourdin there was an exhibit at the Bon Marché which is this beautiful old department store and I at that point thought that to dress up for an event, you wore a white Victorian dress because that's what my mother told me. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, white Victorian dress now. Like, I literally have been dressed in antique clothing since I was born. Um, I must have been terrifying as a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're tall with big blue eyes. Wow. Um, and, and so I wore this white dress and I'm like, wow, everyone's in black. And like, I had my hair. And this woman comes up to me, she goes, ah, take your photo and I was like okay I don't know who this is and it and it was Ellen and we just like we actually became friends first before we worked together but we've done uh, three books together and a bunch of films and magazines all sorts of stuff but yeah. wow that's amazing isn't that funny like um when the stars align like that that's yeah that's great yeah kindred um, souls really yeah and um and you're still wearing Victorian dresses to this day I am and I still collect it I have a very 
a very large archive of um of antique clothing and textiles so do i i bet you do <laughs> yes it's like um it's like it's I, th I feel like it's my guilty pleasure because when something big happens in my life like I sell a big painting or like um like a really big win my first thought is like well this deserves a new dress I mean yes I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> I totally agree um and, and that being said I also think it is important for for anybody listening who's like oh like I don't have vintage clothing or I don't have like I don't wear fancy dresses and stuff like mm -hmm. that that even though like you see a lot of the pictures and we are all, all dressed up like at the Muses event, it's also super important to know like half of us just wear pajamas and like don't care. Like there is no dress code. Like you can wear whatever pleases you. And the idea is that there's like the space to dress extravagantly and wear a ball gown or there's a space not to and just yeah. like just chill. And and I think that's important because it's we don't want to alienate people because we right. our fancy right. dresses. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, yeah, I, I understand that as well. But for for people who um who like to dress up and who mm. oftentimes feel out of place because there's no space in the world for them to like dress up like that. Um I think that's awesome. Come to us. <laughs> Yes, I know, right? So, um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about your plans for the muses um, going on into the future. What do you envision the muses kind of becoming? So, it, it's it's like a, it's a it's a very delicate balance because we of course want to be able to grow and expand, but also retain that intimacy and the beauty that we you know it's so hard won and so. Um, so precious to us. So we definitely want to uh, start doing more more retreats during the year, which of course has been hard because you, you know you can't plan anything really right now. But 2023, um, we're hoping to probably do three retreats, and um, we have two new locations that we're so excited about. Um, oh, three retreats—that's a lot. That's great. it is a lot. It's a lot. Normally, we we were hoping to do two, but we're. I think given the circumstances of nobody doing anything for a couple of years, I think it's worth it to just like, yeah. ah, let's go do it. Um, but yeah, these, these new places are super special. There's one in France and then the other one, top secret is uh, this in Ireland. Uh, yes. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I'll definitely have to keep my mind open. I've always wanted to go to Ireland. Um, my grandmother's full Irish and oh, wow. yeah. So I, I have a lineage there, but I've never been. And Oh, it could be the perfect time. Yes, yes. Oh my God, you're gonna freak out when you see this place. <laughs> it's 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 just pure magic. Um, and then on top of this, the retreats, like we of course want to do more um, accessible events, um, lecture series, um, life drawing classes, things where people can meet in an affordable, smaller scale way, as well as like the larger retreats. And then another another dream is um, to do more more online online connections and online courses and stuff. So that's also in the works. So it's we're just trying to be because we've had such an influx and growth and interest. We just are trying to take it one step at a time. Be very cautious and conscientious that every step we're doing falls in alignment with our vision. Right. So, right. It's so important, like begin as you would like to go on. Um, yeah, it's so good. Um, so I, I also wanted to ask you, it is a big endeavor doing all of this. And I mean, how do you manage all of it? Because it, there's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah. Many, many spreadsheets. <laughs> okay. okay. I am the Virgo spreadsheet queen. I think like the, we have 
have a small team that works for us as well who are amazing you know we have Eden and I in the head and then we have um we've got a, a group of girls that are just like our solid rocks they're just amazing um so I think now after we have like several of these retreats under our, our belt we can kind of foresee any issues before they arise mm -hmm. and just making sure everything is really planned out and clear in advance so there's you know what you're getting into you know that when you go to a retreat that you will have the set schedule of what you do during the day and you can choose to do all of it or you can choose to do none of it mm -hmm. but that that's, that structure is there so it's not like oh chaos driven um and then I also think that just really honestly the the prep work and just the communication is is the most important with something like this and mm -hmm. and it is a lot of work and it is a lot of moving parts as you said but um I don't know, we really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it, right? Um, so mm -hmm. what would you say to an artist who's out there who is really inspired by what you do, but maybe they like live in California or something and they wanna create something really magical. Like maybe mm -hmm. they'll have an open studio and you know, have like, create kind of like a similar ambiance and mm -hmm. something very inspired. Um, and very like um, aligned with their their own aesthetic or whatever. What would yeah. you say? What would you say to advise um, other creatives who want to create like an interesting event? As far as um, really creating an, an event that is that has an impact and that um, has like a energetic impact, right? I think your events have an energetic impact. Like there's something special. So what would you say about creating a very special artistic event? Any advice you might have? For yeah, that? that's a really good question. Um, I think that one thing that is majorly, majorly overlooked by people, which actually is one of the biggest impactful things that when you walk in is of course, you know, visual, but it's actually lighting. Mm -hmm. um, most people tend to not understand that. And I think also coming from a film background, like cinematic lighting for me is very, very important at events. Yeah. Um, but you can do it on the cheap. You don't need money to do it. You have a clamp light in your studio that you normally have your bright light on your table, put a lower watt, you know, $5 LED Edison bulb in it, kind of reflect it off of something and that can give you a nice glow. And, and that is a huge, it sounds so simple, but that kind of warm inviting lighting immediately puts people more at ease Oh, interesting. Um, and kind of creates more of a, I don't mean sensual in this, in the sexual sense, but like a more of a softer, emotional feeling in a room um mm -hmm. as opposed to like if you want a party or something like most people probably go with blue or something like that right. but um and then definitely like having different lighting sources creates different areas of a room like let's say you have one large studio space mm -hmm. uh, you want to have your artwork lit right but maybe dim the lights in another area maybe even just use tin foil to cut the light from hitting the corner set up a little folding table and chairs make nooks and areas, make it interesting, make the space so people want to explore it. Even if it's a wide open space, you can do it with very affordable, easy ways. Mm -hmm. um, and then go to the thrift store, find some fun, weird things that speak to you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, props are everything. And, and you can, again, you can, do, you can do the most amazing things with very, 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 very little money. Mm -hmm. um, and just be, think out of the box, think what wouldn't you do? What would make this a little bit different? Like, um, not what you've seen before, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I would add to that to kind of like pull from your circle, like what, what friends do you have that you know are talented, like, and who would like to join you in this? Um, or, 
that you would um, you could pay them or you could barter something. Exactly. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've done that. I've done um, like photography services. I've bartered some of my art, like um, or like um, maybe modeling stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, no, totally, totally true. I think that bartering, bartering with artists is really, really important. We actually do that with a lot of our, a lot of our contributors. They're like, ah, so Siri, you'll shoot me for this and I'll come and I'll play the harp in your corner. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, so I totally, yeah. totally agree with that. Um, I think that's really important, especially as, as, as female creators, um, we can find it harder to get a lot of opportunities or ways to make mm -hmm. money being a female artist as I'm sure you know is is has a lot of its own drawbacks mm -hmm. um and so yeah just kind of finding a way to circumvent the system you know yeah absolutely I'm all about it also like um in today's interesting climate just like globally I think I think using our skills and our non-monetary um assets can be really great you know um, yeah. you know, yeah, totally. the land and all that. I have a little garden out back and um, it's really beautiful. And I love to work in it in the spring. And I've just been thinking more and more about like, um, like these like tangible assets that we have, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And gardening is like, I mean, as I think, I think, you know, cause I think you see my, my, uh, my house account, but I, I love gardening as well. Mm -hmm. And I love encouraging people um, who even just live in apartments it's like get a grow light you can grow flowers inside with a grow light you know you don't have to just grow vegetables you can grow beautiful things that you love or you can grow vegetables and eat your own food and stuff like that but having that connection it's actually a very there's so many artists who were gardeners um there's a book that I think you'd really love um Emily Dickinson's gardening and it's all about her personal experience with gardening and oh wow really really fascinating but if you look through uh, history, so many female artists, because I know you love the pre-Raphaelites, so many of them also were gardeners mm -hmm. and, you know, um, the arts and crafts movement in England. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going with Eden um, to scout um, some new locations in the UK in April, but uh, on our stop, our yeah, I'm very excited. Um, but a couple of our stops are at these arts and crafts museums where um, the garden, the house and the art inside are all symbiotic. So there's the pre-Raphaelite inside the William Morris design the the you know and so it's got this kind of flow to it. I'm very very um excited looking forward to seeing that yeah the red house right um I'm not going to the red house I'd okay. love to go to the red house it's um I have to look it up it's in Shropshire this place um mm -hmm. it's got more of like a uh nouveau Tudor style to the front of it okay all right um well I'll find it and send you the name of it okay sounds good yeah very cool well um yeah great well, thank you so much, Siri. I, I really yeah, appreciate thanks. talking to you. And um, I'm really sure that a lot of the artists who have been listening to us, so my um, my audience right now is 89% female artists. <laughs> um, so I, I'm sure everyone is interested yeah. in hearing um, all about the muses. And, um, and I, I really appreciate those tips for creating an event too, because um, that's not something that I focused on a lot as far as the lighting, because... Um, the, the gallery events that I put on are typically like in like a white, um, yeah. in a white like gallery style. Um, mm -hmm. But I am planning an event um, that may be in a French chateau based in Philadelphia area. Wow. During the summer, um, we're still working out the details, but um, if that works out, it would be 
it would be a different ball game. So yeah, that sounds incredible. Cool. Yeah, I I'll have to come good. down for it. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, I would love that. Yeah, we're thinking about having like ballet dancers and like a sound bath healing and stuff. I love that. Yeah, that's so much fun. Like doing doing events, uh, like event events, not retreats, but in in spaces with many rooms is so cool because every room can become its own its, its own environment, its own world. Um, and yeah. perform, you know, of course, with with amazing performers, you're just like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've always wanted to do something with horses. Um, so I'm trying to think of like a way to incorporate that. I don't know how that would happen, but um, yeah, anything's that. possible, right? Beautiful women on horseback, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find um, the muses? Tell, tell everyone. Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, it's muses escape at muses escape. Um, but our website is themuses.art. Um, and you, if you, if you'd like, or even have an interest in attending, um, one of our events, definitely come, um, definitely sign up on the mailing list because our events sell out within 24 and 48 hours. Like it, it, it's, it goes really, really fast. Um, and for the retreats, we have an application process. So if you want to know when things are being released, sign up, we don't send, we send emails maybe once every couple months. So don't worry about getting like a million emails in your in your mailbox we only send emails when there's something really important to say yeah. um so definitely sign up make sure you you know approve our email um out of your spam and all of that um so that you don't miss out on anything and yeah feel free to drop us a line on the website too there's like a comment section there's a place where you can suggest a muse like if you know an educator uh, or a woman who's an incredible um, person who you think would be interesting to be a teacher or something like we we love we love hearing from people so yeah just just share <laughs> awesome awesome well thank you so much Siri um I so appreciate it it was nice yeah. to know you a little bit better as well and, um, looking forward to meeting you in person <laughs> yes yes we will one of these days and, sure. um, and yeah have a great rest of your day and I'll you you too bye Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.